this was about as bizarre and as easy as it gets. So the number for me was a number that would allow me to never have to work. I feel like we got top, top, top. I went from a sale of you know five hundred thousand dollars to in debt. One hundred ninety-two million dollars. This is Built to Sell Radio with your host John Warlow. Hey guys, this is John Warlow. This episode of Built to Sell Radio is brought to you by the Value Builder Score. If you haven't got your score yet, I'd encourage you to take 13 minutes and complete the questionnaire you'll find at valuebuilder.com. It'll give you your score on the eight key drivers of company value. You're going to learn some different things about what drives the value of your business. You'll be able to see how you performed on these eight unique factors. Go to valuebuilder.com. Have you ever read The E-Myth by Michael Gerber? I can remember me reading The E-Myth about 20 years ago. And it really changed the way I think about running a company to this day. And so when I got an email from his publicist saying he had a new book out and he wanted to have a chat with me on Built to Sell Radio, I thought that would be an amazing opportunity to talk to a guy who really was the first one to to put a stake in the ground around this idea of of working on, not in the business. A, A term we talk about all the time now, but it was really Michael Gerber who came up with that expression. Uh, He's got a new book out, and a guy that doesn't need any introduction to you. I know you've probably read his first book. Um, Here's Michael Gerber talking about his next book. Michael Gerber, welcome to Built to Sell Radio. John, thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Well, you know, every time we do a Built to Sell Radio episode, we we try to find an entrepreneur who has uh, has sold a company, and that and we do a kind of a, the nuts and bolts of of how they went about selling their company. And we do get the odd pitch from time to time from people saying, "Oh, I've written a book. Can you have me on the podcast?" And and the answer is, "Well, no. That's that's kind of not what we do." And then I <laughs> then I get an email from your publicist who says, "Michael Gerber would like to do Built to Sell Radio," and I just about dropped off my seat because you really are, as I said to you in the, in, you know, offline, you really are for a lot of our, uh, audience, um, the leader, you know, uh, whether they met you in, in, you know, in person or not, they read the E-Myth Revisited and they are huge fans of everything that you have espoused through your career serving owners. So, uh, I'm just hugely grateful for you taking a few minutes to share with us a little bit about the new book. I'm delighted, John. And, and that warms my heart as you can well imagine. Well, that's that's great. So you've written a, a new book called Beyond the E-Myth. Um, why did you write it? Well, very simply, um, I'm 80. So I've been doing this work for 40 years. And this work that all of your folks know I've been doing has all been about the E-Myth, why most small companies don't work and what to do about it. But over the years that I've been doing this work with over 100,000 Um, clients um, building truly an enterprise around the whole idea of the E-Myth, it's become so transparent to me that what we have done is to make what needs to be done so complex that very, very few people will actually end up doing it. Despite how enthusiastic they are about me, despite how many millions of books I've sold, despite how many um, talk about me like I walk on water, despite all of that, if I really get down to it and were to check in with every single one of them, what I discover is they really haven't done it. Now, what do I mean by they really haven't done it? They really haven't built a company as a product for sale. 
And so a, building a company as a product for sale is in fact the purpose behind, beyond the e-myth, the evolution of an enterprise from a company of one to a company of 1,000. And what I'm essentially describing to true believers or not true believers, to anybody who effectively owns what I call a company of one, and understand what I mean by that, a company of one in my mind is a company that depends upon the owner. Meaning if the owner were to leave, the company would leave. Now, understand also, Many, many, many guys who have grown a company, you know, 20 people, 30 people, 40 people, 50 people, and those are rarer than one would imagine. But even if they were to build a company with 20 people, 30 people, 40 people, 50 people, the reality is if I were to walk into that company, I would discover in short order how much of it actually depends upon the owner. And in fact, I could demonstrate to the owner that fact. So. Having said that, they haven't really done what they should have been doing from day one. How would you do that, Michael? So what would you do to, if you walked in a business with 30 employees, how would you size them up quickly to see how dependent it was on the owner? Well, it's real easy. I mean, it's real easy. You just begin to ask them questions. So tell me how you do that. 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 I mean, John, you begin to walk in and you say, tell me how you do that. Tell me how you do that. Not with any presumption. What, of what you're going to find, just interested in what you're going to find, you'll discover they don't have a way to do that. Meaning if John and Mary and Jim or Jerry, John, Mary, Jim and Jerry are doing the same job, John and Jim and Jerry and Mary are doing that same job differently. John does it his way, Judy does it her way, Mary does it another way. You understand what I'm saying? I do. Well, I also know that the owner's doing it his way. And so I know that the owner couldn't be replaced. Not truly. Because the minute you replace that owner, everything changes. Everything. So, so what, Michael, what would you say to somebody who says, yeah, I, I get it. I got to build a company, you know, as a product for sale. But you know what? I don't want to sell. I, you know, I want to give this business to my kids or, you know, I, yeah, you I, know, all that. I don't I, want to I sell. Got, I, got, I, got, I got it, John. John, it's, please and hear this in the kind and generous and gentle way I'm saying it. Don't be an idiot. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> to the I'm saying, hey, John, how old are you now? And John will say, well, I'm 40 or I'm 32 or I'm 29 or whatever the hell he is. I'm saying, John, can you even imagine being 60? Let me tell you what's going to happen between 40 and 60, John. 20 freaking years. <laughs> and let me tell you what's going to happen in those 20 freaking years. Your energy is going to change, John. Your desires are going to change, John. Your wish is going to change, John. Your understanding is going to change, John. So what we want to do now is I want to start you out now knowing that everything's going to be different 20 years from now. The question becomes then, if that's true, what do you want it to be? So we're going to start it out from the very beginning in new co, John, not in old co. We're not going to start out fixing 
John's Broken Business. We're going to start out creating NUCO from scratch, what I call a blank piece of paper and beginner's mind. I'm going to ask him to listen to Dr. Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream. Just listen to it. The minute you listen to it, something's going to happen that never happened before. You're going to suddenly understand the platform for growth. And the platform for growth is a dream, a vision, a purpose, and a mission. And John, to you, John, Warlow, I'm not talking about rhetoric. I'm not talking about mission statements. I'm not talking about all the stuff that people tell you you need to do. I'm talking about what an entrepreneur truly is. An entrepreneur is a dreamer, a thinker, a storyteller, and a leader. The dreamer has a dream, the thinker has a vision, the storyteller has a purpose, and the leader has a mission. And these are things one does, not just one thinks about. Is it your opinion? So so that's what the book is about. Okay. Is it your opinion that, that most entrepreneurs have all four of those roles in them they can they can be all those four people or or do you think some are you know better cut out for some of those roles and they should hire for the others well no they're they're better um, um, adjusted for some of those roles meaning their habits are already established uh, a guy might think i'm not a dreamer i'm not a thinker i'm a storyteller i'm a sales guy i'm a rainmaker i'm a you understand? I mean, we all have all of these beliefs that we've developed over a period of time, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. I'm saying, however, that every single human being on the face of this earth can discover the dream, the vision, the purpose, and the mission. I'm saying we're born gifted with that ability, but it needs to be developed. So effectively, we're going to develop the dreamer, the thinker, the storyteller, and the leader. And we're going to do it rather quickly. Because it's taking a long time to do that. It just takes a shift of attention to do that. That's the work I've been doing. That's what you describe when you say all of our guys just love Gerber. They all love your books. It's a, it's a shift of attention. That's all the E-Myth was really about. Nobody said what I said before when I wrote the E-Myth. Nobody even knew there was an E-Myth, an entrepreneurial myth. Everybody thought that anybody who owned a small business was an entrepreneur, when in fact they aren't. They're technicians suffering from an entrepreneurial seizure. So, Michael, what's involved in in going, you you, you mentioned this, building a company as a product for sale. And I think... For for those who are listening, they're saying, "Okay, I you know I'm I'm bought in. Tell me how to do it." I've okay, got, let I, me tell you how to do it. Go. Very very simple. The book is only 113 pages long. It's really simple. So why did I write beyond the E myth? I wanted to cut through all the crap. I want to bring it down to a simple process. I call it the hierarchy of growth. And the hierarchy of growth starts with the dream, moves to the vision, moves to the purpose, and moves to the mission. Now we've created the platform for growth. Now I know what my dream is, my vision is, my purpose is, my mission. Let me explain with, in our case, my case, my dream was simply stated way back in 1977 to transform the state of small business worldwide. That's the dream. 
Same dream today. My vision was to invent the McDonald's of small business consulting. Same dream today. Same vision today. My purpose was to transform the state of independently owned small companies. Not franchise companies, not fast growth, independently owned small companies. I call them a company of one. And because I call them a company of one because they effectively depend upon the owner for their life's blood. When the owner's gone, the company's gone. They are the owner. And 99% of the people listening to us right now may not have thought that to be true, but know it's true. If they're gone, it's gone. And finally, I had a mission. And our mission was to invent the turnkey business development system that would enable us to realize our dream, our vision, and our purpose. So I'm saying that's the platform for growth. I talk about that and beyond the e-myth. I take you through the process so you can really identify with it and understand it and understand why it's so critical if you're then going to grow your company. Then the next four steps are very simple. I call them the job, the practice, the business, the enterprise. So rather than going to work fixing a broken business, meaning trying to fix everything that isn't working the way you want it to work in your current company, what I say is let's think of it as new co rather than old co. Old co is the company you got. New co is the company you intend to create. So over here in the left is old co, over here in the right is new co, and we're going to go to work on new co in identically the same way that Ray Kroc went to work on McDonald's at the very beginning, from a blank piece of paper and beginner's mind. And the first thing we're going to do is to create our client fulfillment system. That's the job, the client fulfillment system. So what business are we in? What do we deliver? What is the thing that differentiates us from everybody else? What's our disruptive capability? We have to invent it. And so we go to work on NUCO, on the job, as I'm calling it, to invent the client fulfillment system and to turnkey it. Why do we do that? Because until we do that, John, we can't scale it. That means I can't replicate it. Just imagine, for example, if I'm a chiropractor and I do what I do, what I do, what I do, and I go to work every day and I go to work every day, and I'm saying to the chiropractor, that's old go. That's what you've been doing. Now what we're going to do is design your dream, your vision, your purpose, and your mission for new co. And then we're going to go to work on your job as the chiropractor to invent the new client fulfillment system and document that system so we can replicate you faithfully with a dozen, two dozen, 50 dozen other individuals who can use your system and master it. When you've done that, John, it's obvious, you've created a brand. What you've done is also disrupt what's going on in the marketplace. And that's critical for step one. Step two is the practice. 
So step one is the job, the client fulfillment system, turnkey. Step two is the practice. And the practice is the three-legged stool, lead generation, lead conversion, the sum total of which is client acquisition. And the third leg is client fulfillment. We now have the ability to scale what we deliver. Now we need the ability to grow at will. And so we're going to design, build, launch, and grow our client acquisition system so we can grow at will. Why do we want to grow at will? Because we're going to have chiropractor number one, chiropractor number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven, each of whom is a master of our system, which differentiates us in the whole chiropractic universe. Turnkey. Now we're ready to grow a business. So the next step is the business. What's a business? A business is nothing other than up to seven turnkey practices plus a turnkey management system. You see that? I do. So what's, turnkey. So what's turnkey? What's involved in the management system? The management system is the one that enables us to know innovation, quantification, orchestration, to know that. Each and every one of our sources of our client fulfillment system are operating consistently, congruently, effectively. In short, that we have mastered that system that we have turnkeyed. And where we're not, we're going to improve upon it. So the management system is continually determining that it's working and where it's not working, improving upon the system so that we're continually growing better and better and better at what we do. We're building our brand, building our brand, building our brand. I'm guessing finally, the, yeah, the enterprise is the next step. The enterprise is nothing other than that turnkey business times seven. Why seven? Scale of reach meaning you can only manage so many. So in the case of a business, up to seven turnkey practices, think chiropractor. In the enterprise, up to seven turnkey businesses, each of which is up to seven turnkey practices. Really, really, really very simple. But nobody's ever described a business or an enterprise like that. And that's what they get from beyond the e-myth. When you go through those four processes, do, do you um, do you have a, a number in mind in terms of revenue that a business would get to at the end of the enterprise process? I mean, everyone is different. Yeah, yeah, yep. Everyone is different, but all of it proves out in the process. Michael, meaning how many leads do we have to create? Right, right. How many how many clients do we have to um, um, convert? What is the income being derived from each of those clients? What is the cost? So you have a, obviously, part of your management system is a financial management system related to operations. What's the biggest mistake you see business owners who are trying to uh, sort of apply this process make? Well, they continually make it about people. So the problem that everybody faces, they're always looking for better people. They build their whole business model on the best people. But if everybody 
built a business model on the best people, then guess what? The price, the cost goes up, 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 up. And that's why, in fact, the vast majority of companies that work with, in quotes, small business, are continually shifting their attention from small business to emerging small business, to growing small business. Because, in fact, they really haven't figured out what to do for very, very, very small businesses. They're not systems thinkers. They got to be systems thinkers. You know, when, when uh, occasionally I'll do a talk, and, and there's some similar themes to to what I usually talk about in my work. And one of the things, one of the pushbacks I get from people when I say, you know, you, you've really got to you know document your systems so that that you can swap people out. It, it's they're not dependent to your point on this wonderful employee who you could never replicate or you could never recruit again if you tried. You you can't have a business based on that one employee. And one of the things I get in response is, yeah, but great people don't want to work for McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, but is it, but think about the stupid answer that that's how stupid that is. I mean, think about how stupid that is. When you say great people don't want to work for McDonald's, McDonald's is a multi, 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 multi-billion dollar enterprise. I think the nature of the the response or the or the rebuttal is is um, yeah, but these you know like you know really good, really senior people want to be creative. They want to feel like they're fulfilled. They want to they, you know they want to be part of a company that treats them as a human being, not just a cog in the wheel. Yeah, but understand when you say that, you're also talking about the way in which the company is positioned in the marketplace. Do you understand, um, when I started my company, I didn't start it to become a consultant. I started to build a capability called the McDonald's of Small Business Consulting. Anybody I recruited to my company was recruited based upon a story we told and shared with them that talked about the profound impact we were going to have on the world. And the profound impact we were going to have on the world, but without any experienced personnel. In short, we weren't going to hire experts. So the people we were talking to weren't experts. They weren't looking for a job to apply their expertise. They were looking for an opportunity to experience something they hadn't experienced anything before. We gave them that opportunity. I have people today, understand that was in 1970 freaking seven. <laughs> I have people today who get together, who used to work for me back then in 1977, 78, 79, still meeting to talk about the extraordinary life that was created for them in a company that was exactly the opposite of what you say these folks are saying to you. You're attracting the wrong people. Mm. You understand you're attracting the wrong people. When you're attracting the wrong people saying the wrong thing, you set up a situation that is bound to give you the response you're getting. Michael, you talked when we were talking about the actual kind of overview of the book, you mentioned that you wanted to keep it short and 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 do that to kind of cut you know, I can't remember your exact words, but it was something like cut down all the crap out there. Yeah, I wanted to cut through the crap. Cut I wanted to the crap, cut yeah. through the complexity. I wanted to make it simple, stupid. So what's like, give me an example of some crap out there. Like, I'd love to oh, hear you your know, opinion. Go into Emith. If you go into Emith, look up, have you read Emith Mastery? 
Uh, I have read E-Myth and E-Myth Revisited. I've never read Mastery. No. Okay. Well, you read Mastery, which essentially is how to do it. And you come face to face with what I'm talking about. Now, understand the book isn't a crap book. It's a great book. It's an absolutely spectacular book. I'm surprised you haven't read it. But essentially, it tells you all the things you must learn and all the things you must do in order to be successful in business, in order to create a world-class company. I've come to the conclusion that, in fact, there are a handful of things that need to be done. And if I can focus your attention on those handful of things that need to be done, everything else will take care of itself. Because they're based upon standards that are applicable to everyone. And if I can limit those standards and limit that process to the core ingredients of growing from a company of one to a company of 1,000, then I can do something I've never done before. And that means a movement. And that means that every single person listening to us right now has the opportunity, were they to rise to the occasion to transform the economic reality of the world. I believe that. And I believe by doing that, we will become together preeminent provider of economic development services worldwide. Why? Because we'll take the crap out of business development and get down to the essential ingredients. Have you done it? Have you done it? Have you done it? And they're either yes or no, either yes or no. If yes, is it working? Is it working? If yes or no, if not, let's take a look at it. But I understand it's got to be there. So that essential ingredient has got to be there. Otherwise, it will never happen. So the dream has got to be there. The vision has got to be there. The purpose has got to be there. The mission has got to be there. The client fulfillment system has got to be there. The client acquisition system has got to be there. The turnkey management system has got to be there. And the turnkey leadership system has got to be there. So let's say, keep it simple, stupid. Now let's do it step after step after step after step. Anybody can do that, provided I can keep their attention on just that. That's our commitment. How do you how do you coach people to think bigger than they do today? I, I think you know when you talk about having a vision, I mean you clearly have a vision that is global, is huge, is is gonna impact you know millions of millions of people. I think a lot of owners may maybe a little intimidated by that or 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 maybe just don't have that 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 uh, that gear in the gearbox to go so big. Um, if you had a you know if you had an owner in front of you who who had a vision but it just wasn't that inspiring or wasn't that big, what would you how would you coach them to to expand what they're thinking is possible? Well, you understand it's not about coaching. Very very important. It's about two things. First, these are fundamental. The first is inspiration. If they're not inspirable, if their hearts can't be moved, if their minds can't be attracted to something greater than them, there's no hope. Hear me, period, no hope. If they can be, then the next step is education. 
See, inspiration creates an epiphany. Education creates understanding. So the first two steps in this process are inspiration and education. That's all the E-Myth Revisited was about, inspiration and education. That's all E-Myth Master was about, inspiration and education. That's all Beyond the E-Myth is about. But you understand Beyond the E-Myth now is saying, okay, let's make this simple, stupid. Let's really, really, really make this simple, stupid, because there's a way for every single one who says, I intend to grow my company for sale. Ultimately, and one should be saying that from day one in the company that I'm going to describe for them, define for them the steps in the process to do it, and walk them through every single one of those steps. So that's what we're doing, walking them through every one of those steps. And the book is absolutely essential for them to be inspired and to understand those steps before we ever begin to take them. The book is called Beyond the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Michael, where can people get this book? And more importantly, when does it come out? The book comes out December 7th. Can you believe that? (laughs) December 7th. And you can find the book at www.beyondemyth.com. Dot beyond emith.com. You can find the book, you can find me. And in fact, if you want to talk to me, you can reach me directly at Gerber, G E R B E R, at Michael E. Gerber.com. And I want to tell everybody listening, John, this is a revolution. This is beyond um, just doing stuff, this is a movement. And we're looking for true believers, people who truly want to passionately get involved in transforming the state of small business worldwide, become a leader in that. I want to help every single one of you achieve the results that I talk about and beyond the EMIS. So contact us, contact us, contact us, get the book, read the book, and then let's do the book. Let's make a difference in the world. Michael Gerber, thanks for joining us. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to Built to Sell Radio with John Warlow. For complete show notes with links to additional resources, visit builttosell.com slash blog. John is the founder of the Value Builder System. To find out how to improve the value of your business by 71%, visit valuebuildersystem.com. John is also the author of Built to Sell, creating a business that can thrive without you, and the automatic customer, creating a subscription business in any industry. Connect with John at Facebook.com slash Built to Sell or on Twitter at John Warlow, W-A-R-R-I-L-L-O-W.